What's up, everyone out there? Welcome back. It's Cork Stats NFL Live with your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. Big Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always. Coming out the chair, as always. Welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. Please make sure that you know you subscribe to the channel, like all these videos. We are working so very hard to bring you the very best shows out there on the interwebs. Woohoo! To thanks to you, the Cork Stats crew, you can expect this show through the NFL season. The biggest and most dearest, sincerest thank you to everyone out there. I told you we could do it together. We don't want your money. We just want your interaction. We're bringing you straight up premium content. The same stuff you pay several hundred dollars for. And all we want are cartoon fingers, five star reviews, things that are free. And if it's free, it's for me. Man, I just am so very thankful. This could run on and on and on. I knew we could do it. Started from scratch, right at square one. Hat tip to Pat Mayo. Now enough of that. We need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely. Anyway, man, come on. If you thought I was bringing baseball fast, are you kidding me? I love the pigskin. It's just a little bit different. And so am I. Today, we're going to be covering Jake Seeley's flex draft. There's going to be a lot of kind of butt powdering going on today. I really, you know, I'm just getting into the NFL content space. If you're unfamiliar, I've been doing articles at The Athletic. It's only a dollar a month right now, and I'm doing some cool stuff. All the same kind of value exercises I would do for baseball, plotting Jake's projections up against ECR to highlight values, and that stuff matters. And I was putting it to the test. So thank you, Jake, for the work that you do. And he invited me into the Flex Draft League. So I was probably a bit over my skis if we're going by Twitter following, but you know me, I'm not going to be intimidated by just about anything. Although I do have to stop and say the people in this draft were just really phenomenal. And I probably have to take a little L because I thought, you know, I'm a crazy person. And this is my backyard. It was hosted in NYC, Midtown, New York. And man, I'm crazy. And I thought maybe kind of sports people would be maybe a bit more awkward or it would be a little uncomfortable. And man, I was like a duck to water. The second I was up there, you know, I was up there with a brew in hand and everyone was in excellent spirits. I met all types of people I've looked up to. It has just been a whirlwind of a weekend. I had a ridiculously good time, but I stayed really focused. And I think we kicked some major tail in the draft. We're going to be going over it today. I don't want to say round by round, team by team, just all the things that I do. Come on, you know, no one does it quite like me. Probably takes two and a half human beings, you know, excited ones at that to keep up with the big dude. And I was up late getting wrecked. Come on, man, nothing going to stop me now. Let's get right up into it with the draft that took place on the sleeper apps. You could follow all this stuff. It is public. I'll be sharing the board in just a second. I just want to go into some of the people that were in it and how it went. So Eric Young was at the leadoff spot, you know, fantasy football extraordinaire. He works at my boy Meanie and he's a pro wrestler. He did not make it to the draft. I was a little, I was a little disappointed. I was getting ready to bear hug that dude, but he said we will save next year. And the two hole was Chris Towers from CBS. Then Rick Wolf, who was really cool to sit and kind of have an in-depth conversation with him afterwards. I, I made it a point. I really try and practice what I preach, right? I'm out here. If you know, right, if you're unfamiliar with my work, thank you so much for sticking around 
And if you're into baseball and betting, we're bringing cork stats. It's coming at you hot and heavy, man. That show is crazy, but it's about theory on top of everything, application and the pathways to sustainability and all the stuff that really matters, right? No one really cares what happens in a game two days after it happens. But we worry about boop, those, le you know, the lessons and like the feathers in our cap that we can keep with us. So let's just stop really quick and talk about a real life lesson because I do get a lot of questions about people asking about getting into content creation. And listen, I am the best case example of this. I mean, no one, I come from nothing. I have no experience. And in just a matter of a few short years, I took an anonymous handle and I'm kicking down the door on national platforms. And that's what it is, right? No, I was on Nessin. I've been a regular guest on VEASAN. I have multiple columns at The Athletic. And again, I am a nobody and not particularly smart. I just really love what I do. And every single day I try and further it. And that's Part of the lesson, the next one is that's the stuff that happens behind the computer. Work matters. After that, especially in this kind of automated world, it really helps to try and stick out in the third dimension. So if you get a chance to actually network, don't be a wallflower. Get out to the meeting and meet with people. I, If anything, mine's the opposite. I'm afraid of going to these things. I'm afraid that they're going to say, oh, my God, get him away from me. I did make sure to behave. I drank beer instead of whiskey until the end when I pulled an Irish goodbye. Nando, sorry about that. But I ran into some friends of mine rolling around a corner, and boom, they offered me a ride home. And when you're drunk in Manhattan and someone offers to save you $100 on a cab ride, you take it. And then you apologize in the morning. Come on, man. You know this show is just all about the realness. But I did want to get to that. Network, network, network. And gosh, everybody is so cool. I could have just landed in my seat and, you know, shot the S with the guy next to me and the girl next to me. We'll get to them in a second and been perfectly content. But you really want to make sure, make your way around the table and stick around and talk to everybody. I really tried to do my best. And I think I have something nice to say, or at least something to say about everybody that I met there today. And really, that's important. So let's get into the football stuff. But I know people do ask about content creation. And to me, that stuff, it, it absolutely matters. You know, you want to make your presence known, try and say something smart, be polite, be engaging, but also be real. Like, I'm willing to disagree with any of these people. And, of course, I'm running into people that are just totally made in the shade in the space. And me, I'm kind of a no one again. So, running theme. Rocky Balboa, baby. You, you just got to go for it. If you get a shot, you got to take it. And when you take it, you make it count. All right, let's get into the board. So, that was Rick Wolf. Really cool to pick his brain. Then Coach Esther, that's Dennis. Esther, what a cool dude. He's like a bigger version of me vertically. Actually, the bartender was joking about that. Really cool dude. I picked his brain. Then it was Lord Don't Lose, Lawrence Jackson Jr. from um, He's with Matthew Berry right now. I had him on my show last year. This guy's a superstar in the making. Not only that, is he super sharp. He's a really good man. Yeah, you know, I spoke to him. You know me. Listen, you're in my backyard. Mikasa, Sukasa. I made sure to buy a drink for everybody that I ran into. Ask about me, homies. Okay. I ain't no fake. I don't just talk it. I live it. I'm out there. Like I said, mixing it up, but also representing myself very well. Plus, I've been lucky in this life, man, and I love to pay it forward. So everybody's first drinks on the big dude. But what did Lawrence want to know? How I was doing. Like he wanted to know how I was doing. So Lawrence, if you listen to this, man, I got mad love for you. You're a real one. You really are one of the 
one of the really good people I've met. Then over to Alex, peaked in high school. What a great dude. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, I'm making real-life friends in this. Then it was Brandon, who I don't think was there. Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Fame. You would not have known that this was like the one of the biggest entities in the space. He, of course, got this crazy belt. It's like a turnover chain. It looked ridiculous. It's awesome. If I win, I'm putting something that spins on it. You heard it, yeah. But he was incredibly engaging, but also very humble and really respectful. He was a really, really nice guy, really soft-spoken. I was trying to turn my volume down. He was really, really cool. Just, Jamie, if you catch this, awesome, awesome, awesome dude. Then it was Jersey. Jen, who I never met, really cool. Oh, my God, she's like a girl version of me. Me and her headed off immediately. She's super sharp. She's, I mean, it was just so much fun. Then it was yours truly in the ten hole to Lord Reeves, who was not there. I wish I could have met him. And then... At the end was Johnny Daigle. Wow, this guy, you know, he was with, um, well, he's with 4 for 4 now. I hate screwing up people. I'd rather just do bad, no info, the bad info. But he's with 4 for 4 now. John Daigle is one of the sharpest cats I ever met in my life. In my life. Holy cow, I tweeted something that sounded like butt powering again, but it was phenomenal. I lived every fantasy football nerd's dream. I was in a cab with um, Andy uh, Barons and John Daigle and myself. So you think I was wasting an opportunity? No, I started picking their brains about football. And so like Andy is like the theoretical guru. He was dropping bombs and uppercuts. But the way that John can cite stats to the decimal point, quite literally had the cam drive. I'm like, what? He was going to be out. Like, I don't know. I was doing the football jersey going, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, man, I had such a blast. Let's get into the draft itself. Hopefully, we'll learn something. And again, I think I did very well. I played to win these things. I'm not intimidated by ADP. And I think that's where I want this conversation to start. And you'll see where it goes. Again, I am really not too concerned. Like, who's the one and who's the two? If you think Pat McCaffrey's going to play every game, he's the one. If you're worried he's not going to play every game, he's the two. I tend to think he's, you know, I don't know how to predict injuries. And he's just so incredibly good that it's hard not to you know, play him and he'll probably be the first ever 100% owned player in DFS. His DFS price for week one on DraftKings is like 8,500. That's a ridiculous guy's walking 25 point machine, which is basically the case. So, I don't you know who cares about that stuff. What I was worried about is, and I know a couple of things, we'll tie into the stuff that I mentioned in the, in the outset, kind of cracking into the industry, right? So, you're getting into the industry and you know you're going to be part of drafts that are going to be scrutinized. They're in public, it's going on the radio, people are going to be, you know, having the a crooked eye on them. There are going to be trolls out there looking to make fun of you and looking to, you know, pick at you. Now, granted, I don't platform these people. I really don't care about them. I prefer to mute them. I love that because I'm. I, I imagine that they continue screaming into the void. Talk about a W. Mute the people you like. You don't like. Don't even block them. What a waste! Because now you you can't even get that. Make them waste their time. Just phenomenal. And their emotional capital. I mean, geez, talk about a, a win. That's a three hundred and sixty degree win. Anyway, so. I had a long bus ride into the city. You know, I could take the train, but it's like dirty and stuff. And yet up and down, you don't have service. So if you're a New York City guy like myself in your boroughs, I always prefer the express bus. You pay a couple of extra dollars, but it's big and cushy and air-conditioned, big fluffy seats when you're a private fan and all this stuff. It's like, it's the way to roll. Plus you have Wi-Fi and you're doing drafts, AMAs, and all that stuff, you know, trying to be productive again. Especially during traveling, if you're not driving, you should be productive. Otherwise, that's kind of wasted time. I mean, listen, if you're sleeping, at least that'd be productive. But I mean, sometimes I see people just kind of stare out the window, and I wonder if 
you know, if just deep thought is enough, again, I'm like a hyper compulsive again, always trying to be better at everything. And that's what ends up happening. You find out time is a sick commodity, right? So, okay, before I get too philosophical, I'm on the bus and I'm thinking to myself with the 10 pick, right? I knew I had the 10. Now I do a lot of my own research where we have two articles, position-based articles, I should say, at the athletic QB and running back. So, you know, I have my ideas of who I want as we go. And I, then I did a usage article was the third article. So that goes to where I was going to go with my number 10 overall, which is I really like CD lamb. I think CD lamb has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one, not just all wide receiver one, but the wide receiver one. I actually think when you take all of the pieces, right, if you kind of think of it in terms of stock trading and you're looking at indicators, you know, and you're just going to go or an argument, right. And you're going to build points in the argument, right. Just to, even if it's like a weighted basket, I feel like he has it all. The target share is there, but it should increase. And now Washington is down. We know the throw. Dak hasn't really run. I mean, everything's there. Cooper gone. I, I, everything is screaming. He was already had elite usage. Another couple ticks. And again, it's pathway to wide receiver one. Another player that I was considering there, Devontae Adams. Carr, not as good as Dak. Adams also probably a bit more of a split, you know, having Waller or Renfro those guys. And again, I just don't think quarterbacking is as good. It should, should be probably the biggest dot right in the bullet point. So I always wanted to get take Lamb at 10, and I was wondering if I would get dragged, but I didn't care. And then I know I have pick 15, right, 12, 13, 15. And I was going to go Saquon Barkley, right? And again, I built my argument for Saquon Barkley at the Athletic. I think he's RB1 potential. There's no competition for workload, he easily could come out with 75 to 80% of the snaps. And if he's indeed healthy, like everyone's saying, and again, we can't predict injuries and what the actual doctors are saying is this has a high recovery rate. You know, we're not just guessing. We are inferring at least, you know, it's data-backed arguments here, of course. That, man, Barkley's pathway, again, to be RB1. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I was going to go Lamb and Barkley, and my thinking was, when I'm going to have to get an argument together for Lamb over Adams and then Barkley over Swift, which is more right, probably who's there at the back. And I'm just trying to, you know, kind of think it out loud as I'm heading into the draft, knowing there's a lot of sharp people, not knowing how it's going to wind up. So now we can do a little bit of sharing. And now you see what's going on. Who is that in the number four slot? Well, it's actually DeAndre Swift. Dennis took DeAndre Swift number four overall. So McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, and then Swift went. So that was probably, you know, probably that was easily the big shock. Right. And I caught everybody by surprise. It already threw off my decision, but now in a way, I'm I'm happy. Wow, with Swift gone, I'm so easily taking Barkley at 15. I just I almost can't wait. Right. So I'm getting at this point, I'm getting Lamb and Barkley. Because without a wide receiver going in the top four, there's almost no way Lamb doesn't get to me at 10. And if he doesn't, then it's something even better. Well, again, me wrong on all counts, you know, just taking L's now, the capital L. This one might be more of a uppercase L. Looks like I banked my entire draft strategy on it. But again, you put a lot of thought into trying to predict the future, and it doesn't work that way. So, again, the probably the most important thing inside a draft room is being malleable and understanding value and then not being too married to your priors and the ability to be flexible and kind of pivot away, providing, you know, it works with your – own research, let's say. So after Swift went Cook, then Jefferson, Henry, right? Okay, Cup. 
Jamie Eisenberg got cup at eight. I was freaking out. I think he was shaking in his chair. No one could believe it. I think the big worry, of course, is Matthew Stafford. So there is a trap door there. If Stafford has like an elbow issue, it has a UCL problem, right? Things I'm familiar with seeing in baseball. One of the things I've been worried about, I know what arm issues can do to throwers. That's the floor, but still, come on, the ceiling is there for Cup to lead the league in points again by a good manner as far as skill positions go. Then Kelsey. Now, there's no wide receivers off the board yet. I just, I couldn't believe it. Only Jefferson and Cup had been taking a 10. So as much as I wanted Lamb, I went with Jamar Chase, I think, you know, it's not much of an argument why. So even as much as I really like Lamb, you got to go with Chase's floor, the Burrow connection of what we've seen, his ability to crack the top off defenses. I think they have better scheduling. So I went with Chase. I was already off my plan a touch, but, you know, you can't be mad with Chase. Then it goes Diggs, Adams, and Lamb. All right, Lamb goes because I was thinking, man, should I pair with Lamb? But I knew I wanted running backs. I've done a ton of drafting. I do not like is I always seem to be at the back end. I do not like to not have a running back through two. I don't like it. I feel like the compression of workload, if we look at positions in terms of bands, it's not there for running backs. I just have a very difficult time getting with it. Again, the working thesis being we've had an expansion in the passing game and protection to quarterbacks through the rule book. Right, so a softening of the rule book with an expansion of the passing game has led to expansions in passing trees, target trees, I should say, which kind of just opened up the doorway to more wide receivers getting production. And then I'd even say this, if you have an ancillary or secondary piece providing your drafting high talent players, they only need, you know, there's a higher chance of them getting a replacement. They need one of three, you know, they have three guys to get injured or two guys to get injured, multiple guys to get injured, I should say, instead of just one at the running back position. So I want to get a running back. And then of course I was heartbroken when Barkley goes before me to Lord Reeves. I, I don't again, I didn't, Meet him. He was not there. I'm gonna to have to hit him up. He's more than welcome to come to the show if somehow you listen to this. Uh, but man, oh, I was gonna be twisted. His horns. Oh, I was visibly, visibly upset. Hard to get the big dude off his chair. But at the same time, now Mixon has fallen. There's the obvious correlation. We know that team is really good. Again, lots of bad defenses, and Mixon has a high percentage of the workload. I'm a bit worried about the passing game work. But again, I, I really just kind of want. The touchdowns. I just want to know that I'm getting the scores, and I think it's mixing inside the 20 as a lock. With He'll catch a couple balls, and he really is the two-minute guy, I think, as well. So he checks the boxes. Again, was hoping if it wasn't Barkley, it'd be Smith. It was not, but I went with Joe Mixon. So, again, if there's audio-only listeners out there, hopefully you got a taste of what you get at Cork Stats. So there's the big face because I wanted you close up. As I please ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod, Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, here on the Mayo Media Net. And please press the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're working extremely hard to bring you the best content for free. And if it's free, it's for me, baby, baby, baby. Man, this draft was just so much fun. But I think the lesson here, right, they're not going to be able to do the whole board as granular as this, but I really thought there was a very good lesson as far as my initial priors being challenged in the draft room, having decisions made for me, and then having to pivot. So I really went through kind of the entire kind of roller coaster of decision making and always important to have your work done beforehand so you're proactive instead of being 
reactive. I think the reactive me was thinking about maybe going wide receiver and going Mike Evans there. I'm just not in love. Maybe Fournette. I'm just not in love. I guess Fournette was probably the next guy. Aaron Jones with Dylan, the pace of play in Green Bay worries me a touch. The defense so very good. Like they keep the offense really off the field. They're all their own worst enemy. Najee Harris, I've been staying away. Again, if you're unfamiliar with the show, check out the last ones. I Ian Harditz from PFF on. I had Chris Meany on. Then I did a best ball draft on my own in like light speed, of course. If you can't tell at the speed that I talk. So all doing all the strategy, all of the things that you can expect when you hang with me. Because I think, you know, it's more than just do this. I like this. I really want the why. My work really predicated on showing the work. I think that's part of why people gravitate to me other than, you know, you get a good chance. Hopefully you get a good chuckle at my expense every so often. All right, let's look again at the board. I think now maybe we'll go team by team. It'll be a little bit easier. I hope I said something nice enough about all of the ladies and gentlemen in the room that I can now kind of be brutally honest about the teams. I did make a bit of headway for myself with my baseball podcast last offseason. I did like a spinoff of the usual show, you know, your standard kind of baseball pod, but I called it the, the counterpoint where because I listened to so much other content and I would disagree and I felt like I have a good argument, I started recording the arguments. I would lay out the given and then provide my data-backed counter. Again, never trying to – it's never about criticizing or knocking people down. In fact, I, I think it's quite the opposite. Anyone that I spend my time listening to and then responding to, right, twofer, well, it's almost be bad enough if you trick me into wasting my time on you. But then I actually respond. You know, it should be well, hopefully seen as a sign of, of respect. Again, this is just a game that we're playing, and I think people have a thirst for our, you know, counters – in the space again, nothing being personal. Right? All right, so now that that's being said, let's get down and dirty. EY goes McCaffrey, Connor, Allen. What a phenomenal start! I think Josh Allen has a chance to be the number one player overall. Then he loses me a bit with DK Metcalf again. I've spoke about avoiding toxic offenses. Of course, Seattle is on there. There almost is no place that I want that. I have been pigeonholed into drafting Rashad Penny and Ken Walker in best ball and combinations as a backup plan when I don't end up with running backs early. And I don't, again, I'm never going to force myself in leagues where I get kind of asked out of my running backs. That means there is sick wide receiver talent or a really great tight end that separates themselves, meaning Kelsey, who again, I'm off at the price. Mark Andrews, one of my favorite buys on the board and Kyle Pitts, who again is a wide receiver and check all the boxes on that elite usage chart that I draw up at the athletics. So again, I hope you're digging this. We're kind of doing it all at once. Theory, spotting, rankings, value. Again, I try and kind of fill the spot of two people. I hope, I hope. oh, <laughs> there's a fat joke in there somewhere. I, de <laughs> I definitely fill the spot of at least 1.15, right? 1.5 people. Although I, I, I actually have dropped like 40 pounds baseball season. I try not to mention it until I hit 50 because I feel like 50 pounds is a truly actionable amount. But at 40, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, feeling great lately. You know, again, it all really started when I got – I think I might have started on the day that I signed the Cork Stats deal with Patrick Mayo, who if I saw him and looked him in the eye and told him he changed my life, I would not be lying. So, again, people, then this all happened from putting it out there, speaking to people, throwing out ideas, feeling that I could fill a void, you know, providing value in the space. Don't be afraid to get – 
turned down. Trust me, I absolutely have. All right, so I'm away from the toxic offenses. He went with Michael Thomas, who I think has the potential to be a wide receiver one. And I think once we start to see him in action in exhibition games, just looking spry and getting peppered, then he's going to move up boards a bit. To Rashad Penny, who I mentioned, though, again, I don't think I would have gone there. Having McCaffrey and Connor, I don't think there's the need for Penny in this league. Again, knowing the rules are very important, and maybe this was part of the thinking, was kind of wanting the ability for one of your flexes. It's a two-flex league with three wideouts, so it's very, very deep, which is why I wanted my running backs up front, and then I was going to kind of wait and look for guys that might fill in or pop maybe a little bit later on or could fill into an injury role, but I wanted those two spots filled, and then I was going to look to dogpile in on the rest. We'll get into my own strategy as I get there, but Goes Penny, then my boy Elijah Moore on the Jets to Ramondre Stevenson. And now there, again, I like these picks, so it's not really a knock on the research or the analysis. I think they're excellent picks. I, I just think it's it's one of them, I think, is misplaced. At least one of them, I believe, is misplaced. Eric, please don't put me in a, in a headlock. <laughs> you put me in a spinning power bomb or something like that. You know, I do know my wrestling stuff. I'm a WWF like historian from the golden age, man. Trust me, I could rattle off cards from the old WrestleMania in my sleep. I still watch them to relax sometimes. I love that background noise. So to Penny, Moore, and Stevenson, again, there's a lot of overlap here with myself and EY, Traylon Burks. Well, I mean, I really like these picks, but I would have been focusing on the maybe another wideout. But again, he did such a good job with the wideouts, and now he's kind of filling it in. So I'm kind of walking through as I'm reading it down, right? I want to look at it and judge it then because I was in the draft room. Then he went Khalil Herbert. Again, I maybe have two out of three. He's meatloaf would say ain't bad. I don't know if I would have went with all of me. Didn't have a tight end at the time. It ended up getting Dawson Knox. So he actually did a very good job, I think, filling in. Dox Knox, not one of my favorite. I'm very, very strict with these guys, and it could turn out to burn me, and that would be fine. But I believe, again, I mentioned looking at these positions in bands, and I think it's important to do that. Again, I, I thought I was sharing the screen the entire time in a nod. So another L. We'll take a capital L on the big forehead there. So I, I think there's truly just a few guys. And I did knock Kelsey at cost, but I also know he's one of those, you know, game-changing tight ends. But I think outside of the top three – you're having a tough time. Then I'm going to go, I really like Goddard, and I think there's potential for Ertz as well being kind of featured in offenses. After that, I'm kind of out. You know, don't really have any of those guys, uh, the rest. Uh, I'll drop all the way back for an Albert O as a TE2 in best ball and guys like that. But if you're relying on, like, Komet and Everett, you have to understand that there's a reality for a, a nothing almost. You know, these guys can do zero. The Bills – have added weapons. They throw a lot. Knox, Knox is an end zone target, so he's not a zero. I just have him slightly below the gap, you know, and I think with the way of the way I explained the trunk and, you know, the, the, we're in the, in the trust tree, right, with the leaves, you know, how these things would shake out, I'd rather have taken upside wideouts. And again, you'll see I practice what I preach, and it doesn't mean I'm right. So I'm not trying to say he's wrong and I'm right. I'm just saying that it's different. Again, you know, it can be a little bit apologetic, but I don't feel – 100% comfortable sometimes you're criticizing people that are not on the other end. I fully – anybody that's listening to this, once I get on, there is a wide open door. No questions asked. You're welcome 
aboard. If I mention your name, you have a voice here. That is extremely important to me. So let's wrap this up with EY walking down anywhere with Williams at Arizona, the backup. I'm not sure where that's going to Nico Collins, Hamler, back-to-back picks. I love those two wide out picks. He broke my heart with Nico Collins to Brian Edwards. Again, I think I see the pathway. I just bit of a toxic offense. Not sure where else they're going to go outside of like Pitts and London and Patterson. I think maybe he's a bit down the list there to Justin Fields, who I love as a QB2, I think can be great. But man, after spending some time with Andy, holy cow, the floor for those for those bears is extremely, extremely low. All right, let me let me share the board again. Not enough of my big old nose hanging out of the screen right here. So that was a look at, at Eric's team. Who I think I did, he did very good, but I think we pointed out where the hole might be. I think his specialty positions are good at quarterback and tight end. I think his running backs are really good to start. I think. His wideouts are also really good. So I think his team is strong. I'm just thinking it could have been even better if he swapped, you know, DJ Metcalf. I'd rather have Allen Robinson who went right after Michael Thomas, but then maybe it was a question of Matthew Stafford's arm, which makes a lot of sense. Then I might have also gone with Chris Godwin, who I think, especially with Eric's ability, showed us his ability to draft wideouts late, adding Godwin a bit later on, you know, trying to take a bit more of a macro view to add that piece. Woo! Look out for EY's team. Okay, let's get up and do Chris Towers. I'll try and be a little bit faster here. I just thought Eric's was really interesting because it bucked, you know, how I feel, right? And I wanted to do that. We get over to Chris Towers' team. Chris Towers, of course, from CBS, bought him a drink as well. He has, you know, I've been following his work for an extremely long time. He came out of the box and flying, and I was like, this is my team and the team to beat. Jonathan Taylor, Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, Pat Mahomes, Towers also taking care of the specialty positions at the top end. Mahomes and Andrews with the ability to separate themselves. Evan with a chance to be wide receiver one. And Jonathan Taylor with a chance to be RB1. So got to love the tower start. Two Robinson, Darnell Mooney, both guys I really like. This is a team that I really like. However, I... I would have gone with a running back in there. Maybe didn't anticipate that Eric would. That was a gamble. He was afraid that Eric would go with Mooney, who he really, really wanted. But with Penny gone, I think there's a bit of a teardrop there. And he ended up with Kareem Hunt, who now has had some issues. He's asking for an extension. I do think he's okay. But he's clearly a number two back in his own backfield. You know, Cleveland's going to be looking to slow down the clock and run because they're not very good. There's an element of the toxic offense there as well. We don't know what's going to happen with Watson. So there's an extremely low floor here. Now, Grant may get traded somewhere and end up playing. He also could hold out and you got all guts. That's what we say by me. And then he went four wideouts in a row, which I don't think really addressed the problem with running backs. Maybe at that point, he just didn't see the value and expects to add through Fab. Again, I'm not right and he's not wrong. I just do it a little bit differently. I tend to think about getting out of the box fast. I want a weak one strength across the board. That's the most important thing to me. And then I'm going to build in the best that I can with connections, correlative, you know, additions and stuff like that. Again, I'm excited to talk about my team. We'll get to that in a touch. So back to Chris Towers, those four wideouts were Devonta Smith, Robert Woods, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. You know, I think you could do without at least maybe one or two of those. I, again, would have been looking to reinforce the weakness of running backs, but they are very good players. I worry about Smith with A.J. Brown and what kind of progression will we see from Hurts. Again, they run so much. I don't know how many people he's going to support, and I do like Goddard. So I think Smith a bit down the depth chart there, pairing Gage with Julio, I guess. You're going to get something. Maybe that's the thinking, and there is really a pop that he gets something great out of that and he's got Evans I didn't even realize that you know that he has Evans so it's really got a monopoly piece you know he'll be building hotels shortly on those properties if you're down with that analogy at all sorry I rolled 
the uh sorry i rolled the the chart and i feel like i'm stupid right now sorry everybody just give me one second to fix this okay and we are back in action that is the life of the live television person and then we go to he closed out with white on las vegas to sermon with san francisco pierce on Indianapolis, the wide receiver, Baltimore Ravens, and Mike Davis on Baltimore Ravens as well, who might get reps to start the season. We don't know the Dobbs, the Dobbins situation. No one does. Although I have already been burned by Mike Davis. I tend to try and draft good football players. I don't think Mike Davis is a good football player. He's shown us even with opportunities, he can be easily supplanted by you know replacement level people. So I'm not interested in that. Let's get into Rick Wolf, Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott, AJ Brown, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell. Amon Ross St. Brown, Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, Marlon Mack, Tom Brady, Mostert, Aaron Rodgers, Irv Smith, Buffalo Bills, and Sammy Watkins. So, you know, let's look at this from the big time view. Let's zoom on up. Brady and Rodgers. Yes, it's nice to have a two-headed quarterback, but before we can analyze how I feel it works, let's zoom in and see how it affected the rest of the team looking at this one the opposite way of Eric's again changing perspectives I think is always very important especially from an entertainment point of view hopefully you're digging that if you do think this show is entertaining you can always press the like button if you haven't on your way to close the window you can just whoop cartoon finger give it to me num 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 five star reviews are the most appreciated thing you can't believe how far they move the needle all right so rick wolf really strong up top with running backs but four or five to start hard disagree with mr wolf here who is extremely sharp he is mega bright you find that out after about 30 seconds of speaking to this man but as good as eckler is i'm not in love with elliot in the first place Jacobs, I'm not in love with in the first place to Elijah Mitchell. I'm not in love with in the first place. I mean, all of those guys have a chance of, of, of kind of getting supplanted, right? I mean, everybody's known for Pollard. Zeke will get use, but he's not the best back on the in the on that team. We might be able to say the same thing for Elijah Mitchell, who I like, but trying to project. Our own usage on the San Francisco backfield has thus far been a fool's errand, right? So I, he may be 100% correct. I know I have failed, and many people smarter than myself as well. So four running backs in the first five throw me off a touch, though I think he filled it in okay with wide receivers, but I, that's what I think you get when you give up on those picks, right? So go Elijah Mitchell instead of Chris Godwin. You missed out on a true kind of wide receiver one, and then Judy, Bateman, Gabe Davis, Cooper, all gone, in the meantime, so I do like Amon Ross St. Brown, but Thielen and Kirk, there are trapdoors there again to very low outputs. He follows up with Ertz, who I really like, to Marlon Mack. I'm not sure if we're going to get anything, especially as an RB5. I don't really see the need there. Seem to be said for Mostert, who is kind of fragile, though productive. You could see him fitting into the short passing game in Miami. But when does he start if you're already so strong up top there? We're getting the double quarterback, which – they're both really good players, but when are you starting who? Streaming quarterbacks can be difficult with that. There are going to be some really tough matchups. So I do like Wolf's team, and I think he did a good job putting it together. You know, on the oh, I did it again with the scroll. On the whole, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a good team. But again, I think I just wonder how much better I might like it had they he made you know maybe zigged instead of zagged or zagged maybe instead of zigged right who who's zigging. Who's second now? Okay, let's uh, let's get at it. 
with Mr. Esser, who was just like the coolest dude you could meet. I'm going to try and giddy up through these if I can. He went Swift, Chubb, Samuel, Kittle, Dobbins, Cooper, Damien Harris. So three strong running backs up top, Swift and Chubb. You got to love that. Chubb, maybe same argument as Mixon or Henry. I think there's a running floor here. That is legit. There's a touchdown floor here. That is legit. And if Hunt kind of walks, if Chubb's getting the majority of that work, and if they throw him, he has caught the ball. He has the potential to be the RB1. Debo Samuel, I do like, but I just don't love. I think targets are worth more than carries. He's getting more carries than I'm comfortable with. Kittle, who I do like, but we've seen him get game scripted out. Dobbins, we don't know what's going to happen, though there is a potential for true RB1 potential there. Amari Cooper, toxic offense, sorry. Damian Harris, indiscriminate role. I think touchdowns, yes, so he does check the box, but not as RB4. I don't think the opportunity cost is there. And then to go second tight end after Kittle, Hawkinson, I think, is a perfectly cromulent tight end one. I don't see how those two fit together to go with Joe Burrow, who, of course, is a beast. Then Galladay, Valdez-Scantlin, and Jameson Williams, sorry, Dennis, I think um, you're an awesome guy, but I just I, – I'm having trouble backing uh, this team. Again, pretty please. Maybe I'll take it. Maybe that'd be great. Maybe that'll make me a thing. I kind of going to instigate people into uh, coming on my show. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> so that'd be my thing. I'm going to like poke and prod the bear. And if you see Dennis, oh my gosh, what a gentle giant. Stay on his nice side. What a nice guy, but he is a mountain. He is a mountain. And he, but like, what a good, what a good dude. What a good group of dudes. I mean, Jake, hat tip again to you. Jake Seeley, not in the draft, but of course he gave up his entire day. He was there first setting up, manually entering every pick. So everything went swimmingly. What a dude. Jake Seeley is the man. I've really been personally flattered by the way he's kind of welcomed me at the Athletic. And we're partnering in tout. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. He's just like, yeah, you know, like you, you deserve it, you know. And, and man, big total outpouring, dude. You are such a G. Really, really great stuff. And, again, I think the – Quality of the character of the people you're surrounding yourself with speaks for itself. And that's uh, if I to be included truly is flattering. I thank and appreciate you. It was really, really awesome. And I hope I represented us well, though. I was probably easily the craziest person in the room. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I'm like this all the time. Hello, shocker, not a phony. All right, Dennis, man, I love you much. That was awesome. Back to the team. I mean, listen, Galladay, we know this is a floor. Valdez Scantling, we know it could be just Deshaun Jackson-esque. Granted, Mahomes throwing to you is the best way to capitalize on that. But it's possible you get one for 50 and one, and the next week you don't because it doesn't get it or there's a flag, right, where you got you capped it correctly. So just I think the lack of volume opens yourself up to vulnerabilities to, again, that trap door to Fryermuth, who's the third tight end. I don't know how it fits. Jameson Crowder, Gus Edwards. Jameson Crowder could get beat up by Isaiah McKenzie. Again, to Gus Edwards, who could um, be something eventually, but if he's not starting healthy, you may have to replace him before you get there. It's Patriots defense. So, sorry, Esser. I hope he does really well and slams this one, you know, in my in my grill. So, I'll be willing to take that one. But I did – I think I laid out exactly why. Lord, don't lose. My dude, Lawrence Jackson, up in – the five hole, what a great guy, man. Really, really great guy. Just every 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 second you're around him, you know you're around good people. That's there's people like that. I'm too loud to be like that. I mean, if I could just turn that a bit, but fortunately, if you know my history, I have a background in 
commercial construction. I was a New York City union electrician. So like, that was my stomping grounds in Midtown. We were hanging out, but you spent too long around those big machines all the time, earplugs or not. You hear and goes, you compensate by yelling. It's been a part of it. I've been working on it sometimes. It's actually working a little bit, but we'll see. I don't think I'll ever be quiet. So LJ, my man, great to meet you. Let's get into the team. Don't take it personally, although I haven't really looked at it, so I don't know what's coming. I know he's super sharp. I know that much. Dalvin Cook, Tariq Hill, Kyle Pitts, Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Melvin Gordon, Drake London, Damian Pierce, Ronald Jones, Darrell Henderson, Paris Campbell, Romeo Dobbs. Deshaun Watson with Tua paired. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's get into it on the whole. Tua and Watson tag teaming them up. Love that at the cost. That is the name of the game. This draft was he identified the depth in positional requirements and addressed it by going with guys that have a chance to top out any given week. And if Watson plays, it's wheels up for him. You know, he's a, he's a QB1. It's just what it is. So I, I do like that in the situation. Excellent stuff from LJ to Dalvin Cook. We know as a ceiling to go to the top. Cam Akers, who I think is the last of the true RB1s. I think he's being, I think he's getting knocked at injury. Guy, yes, guys are coming back quick, but it takes time to get through it. He didn't have all the preparation, and then there's the continuity and repetitions and things that have to go with it. He got thrown into the you know, the middle of the ocean, trying to build a boat in the middle of the ocean, thrown into the fire, I should say, or building a boat in the middle of the ocean. And I don't think he's getting full credit. I think Cam Akers is a beast. And again, being part of a high octane offense, going to ton, score tons of points. I like that. Back up with Melvin Gordon. See, this is more of an approach that I'd be into, although I don't think I would have gone with the triple tap in a row. So I do like the Gordon and Pierce picks. I love them. At, like totally love them as a backup for Cook and Akers, right? Who might be the more one that needs a backup. I think... Pierce and Gordon are those guys that could do that. I probably would have avoided Ronald Jones. I don't think he really catches the ball. It's full PPR. I want catching backs and Darrell Henderson to back up acres makes a ton of sense. So I might, I don't, I think maybe I'm with three of the four, right? I might've stuck a, another wide out where Jones is. Maybe it's just me. I'm not a tremendous fan, but that could have been Russell Gage, you know, who's a nice pick right there. So Lord don't lose. Stacked up on his running backs after that, having Kyle Pitts. And again, I love that specialty position like tight end. You take Kyle Pitts wherever you need to because then you don't worry about it again. You don't take a second tight end. There's something to be said for having a premium spot. Of, I should say a scarce spot filled with a premium player that opens up the number one commodity we have, which is is roster space that is finite somebody clip that and tag it and post it because that's good advice yes yes y'all you don't stop big john rocking the short shot he wrapped it up with paris campbell and romeo dobbs really like that pairing i think Maddie Ryan being undersold. There's some pop in Indianapolis coming. Romeo Dobbs look like he could be the emergent branch in the tree. Let's do a lesson really quick. It's the target tree. We've all heard this analogy before, but it's getting a little bit better. I pitched it at Eisenberg again. He is the sharpest tool in the shed, perhaps. He was digging it. So if he's picking up what I'm putting down, we're going to reiterate it one more time. Everyone's heard of the target tree, but I think we could really expand it a bit more into physical biology, right? Not that I'm much of a science guy. I've always been more math and trading and politics, right? The icky stuff that is revolves around 
money. But where I'm going is when we think of a target tree, equate the target tree to an actual tree. Okay, what are we talking about? We mentioned Tua and the Dolphins, very efficient offense, but in general, it's a low A dot. Now, granted, we may see some stretching with Tariq. I'm not trying to speak for the Dolphins or Tua. I actually like Tua, but the I think the closest to the mean, right, the average general projection is a very shallow target tree that's extremely wide. It's a bonsai tree. The Miami Dolphins are a bonsai tree. Stubby, branched out, but full. You have to cover every square inch because they can beat you anywhere in that block. The Green Bay Packers are one of those giant Seneca Redwoods, you know, 3,000 years old, one trunk all the way up to the sky. And that trunk had a name etched on it. It was Devontae Adams, right? Right up there with the heart on it, with the arrow, <laughs> no, the arrow with the heart through it. <laughs> the, oh, the arrow through it, big dummy you. And with the, you know, uh, AR12 heart DA. And that was what it was. It was, you know, I don't even know. I don't even have any stats with me right now. It was a million targets. But if I had to estimate from the gut, I would say Devontae Adams got a million targets, good for 107% of them. And that's what it was. He was the sole trunk on the tree. However, timber. So that tree has fallen. And if a target tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear, there hear it? You know, does it make a sound? And it's going to make a sound, I think. We don't know what's going to come of it, right? So as the tree falls what will grow in its place and that is like the 65 jillion dollar question my general assumption when i think of league average is i wish i knew the name of this is a park tree what do we call a tree i just call it a tree like an actual like a tree like if i ask my kids to draw a tree that's the one i'm talking about it's of, of average tree height with average tree fill right? Average green leaves. And, you know, hopefully it even has a hole in it. They like to put that in a spot for the animals to live in. Who is going to fill the branches? I think Lazard certainly has a shot. I was on Christian Watson, but now he has an injury. And I think there were some previous injuries as well. Best ball, I think he's viable. I think he's the buy viable. I think he's a dynasty buy. But right now in redrafts, got to be careful. Limited roster spots. How long could you hold guys that are hurt? We don't necessarily know. IR spots. This league does have them. But that's not where I'm getting at. Most leagues do not, or they're limited. It's very hard to hold players from getting at. Romeo Dobbs has a chance to fill that in and be like a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers. The, the, the tree that was... The trunk that was can be many big branches. So don't sleep on that. I love that pick. One of my favorite picks in the draft as news is coming out this offseason. So good for you, LDL, my dude. And then, like I said, he wrapped it up. He had Kyle Pitts at the position and then Buccaneers. Who cares about defense? So I think Lord Don't Lose did an excellent job. And it's just been a running theme for me. Maybe I just disagree. I have a disparate view on middle round builds. Then we've seen thus far. And again, he could easily, you know, Tomahawk slam this one in my face. I don't know what's going to happen. Let's get over to Alex. I kicked it with him. He is the coolest cat. Oh my gosh. What a dude. Bought him a bourbon. We were sharing Basil Hayden. We were throwing around war stories from distilleries and stuff. Oh my gosh. Dude, you ever want on the show, the door is abierto. Stan, abierto, party. Here we go. 
it went Justin Jefferson, Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Bryce Hall. Love all that. Not crazy about Hall. We'll get to it. Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders. Not crazy about that. Clyde El- Edwards Hilaire, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Not crazy about that either. So I can tell you right off the bat, I have a beef with the running back room. I think for four running backs, again, a, a lot of my working thesis is predicated on the real estate theory. There isn't a lot of real estate. Let's get the most for it. And if you need four spaces and you're going, eh, I'd rather just push it up. So that's kind of my answer to why I went with backs early. Again, we'll do my team last, and I will try and be as critical as possible. I think I did very well. Again, you should like your own team at the end of these things, but I, I do think I filled you know, a lot of the boxes. Let's get into the back into the wide receiver room. He paired Jefferson and Keenan Allen with Tyler Lockett, Sky Moore, and Garrett Wilson. He's just taking all the guys that I like. Algier on Atlanta. I know he's kind of getting a bad rap, but I think he has a chance to get the first down run in the, on, on kickoff. Like, I mean, opportunities is worth something. So I do like that pick. Where it was, I'm not so sure. Like, you could have went maybe Kamara. So again, I just don't love Hall. I think Akers might be in line for more of a workload or even Penny in place of Sanders. They're saying Sanders is a guy. I don't know. And then Hilaire, we've seen fail. So again, I just have a, you know, paranoid fear of being supplanted all the time. Let me show you Alex's board. Let me bring it up for the audio, the uh, video people out there. Please make sure you rate, review and subscribe to the audio only pod. Press the like on the, the YouTube show. Give me them YouTube's like, yo. I want them likes, yo. I really do. I mean, I bust my ass over here, you know. And it shows. Again, I started with a thanks. I'm going to end with a thanks because, really, without you, I'm just some fat guy yelling at his computer screen, you know, whatever. Who wants to deal with that stuff? Alex, my man, after Algiers goes, Christian Watson, I mentioned, I think there's a value. Like I said, this, this league does have IR spots. Mike. Kaseki at tight end, I really worry about that pick. He falls into the glob. That's a glob I'm worried about of guys. It's a crazy competition for a guy that we've seen with a floor that's too low for my comfort in the first place. Can't get down with Kaseki. But again, there is what we said about drafting tight ends late. For the people that go early, there's no demand. They're not going to be chasing them. What I mean is in season, it should, by theoretically at least, be easier to add tight ends in season. Something I have subscribed to, but the more I get into it, gosh, there are just those couple guys that if you're ringing on an elite usage lead, to board to give you an idea. I did it at the athletic. Don't you know hem and haw over the the phrase, but I did use a triple slash. I know baseball, yuck, but triple slashes are useful because it's three and it's a three and one. Why do we like three? Because you know one stands alone doesn't tell you anything. Any two points make a line is kind of indiscriminate, and three points hopefully validate or invalidate a line. Right? If three points make a straight line, it, it is pretty good. To lean on, you go then further investigate, but you probably have a strong inference. When two don't, you know, like I said, any two match. So when a third one doesn't match, you know there's something disparate there and not to fall for it. So again, I always try to add nuance and context to this. The triple slash I'm speaking of is target share, air share, and a dot. Now, people like came at me that like, my guy is not on the list. It's just a tool. It's a dial. You you figure it out on your own, man. You turn it up however you like. I had it set to what I thought was a elite combination of the three because as i played with them i looked for the lowest number of players i had it hello caveman analysis here Oga Oga, going 25 target 20 i'm sorry 20 target 25 air yard 
and 10 ADOT, right? I mean, 10 ADOT is nice and thick. That's what we're looking for. There are only 23 players that mark the board. I was looking for outliers. Two of them were tight ends, Mark Edwards, Kyle Pitts. Two of them were serious outliers in Marvin Jones and Devontae Parker. So, like, there you have it. Like, a good way to find value. Listen to piss anybody off. And if you lower it, you could, if you up the target and lower the ADOT, you end up with guys like Cooper Cop and Tariq Hill. They're in there, but their ADOT is just lower. They don't fit that description. I'm not being predictive. I'm not telling the future. It's just setting the settings a certain way and telling you how it f- fell out. So Alex wraps it up with Deontay Foreman, who I think is one of the best late round running back picks. I am terrified of Christian McCaffrey. If I have Christian McCaffrey, I want Deontay Foreman. He's a legitimate running back. He looks excellent. He looks like his old self. I think he had an Achilles or he had definitely had a bad injury. And it's been years. He looked excellent for those Titans. I think he is a fantastic late pick. Hat tip to you there. To Sony Michelle, who I think you're going to end up throwing away to the new Orleans Saints. He did a nice job. Then it was B merch. I believe it's Brandon. I am so ashamed. I don't know. I think I left it up on my phone. Please. I thought I thought about that. I didn't want to embarrass anybody that I didn't know. Yes, I do have it right here. Please. So it's Brandon Murchison. I'm sorry. I, I don't, I never met the man he drafted via phone. Well, let's do just him on his really quick. Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, Sutton, Waddle, Hertz, Schultz, Singletary, Olave, oh, 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 oh. Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Jacoby Myers, Johan Dotson. There's the screen again because it's easier to follow. Albert O, Robbie Anderson, the Chargers, and Stafford. Let's go position by position on merch. Quick as we can. Hurts, QB1. Awesome. Not sure what you need Stafford for, but I guess if you – the thing that's weird for me is if you believe it is the floor for Hurts, I wouldn't have drafted him. So I must feel like if you draft Hurts, when you draft him, you should dedicate yourself to him. Oh, but there's a little – Full screen action for you. That doesn't work as well. Sorry. I'm sorry to the beautiful producers. I don't know if it's Matt or Cameron, but never a bad time to stop and thank the people behind the scenes that make this show go. I really do appreciate you and try and make it as easy for you as possible, you know, production and not stammering or stumbling or cursing it <laughs> as much as I can. Man, it is really awesome to work at Mayo Media Net. Trust me, everybody here is exactly as cool as you'd hope they would be. So, again, I really like Hurts, but if you're spending the fifth-round pick on him, I don't know why you need Stafford at the back end. But, of course, Stafford has a chance to be a QB1. So, it is a trading league. They were making fun of me for mentioning trading a QB late, so I didn't tie to it. I can't say I let them make fun of me. At the end, they did get to me. He went Henry and Fournette, which I love as a one-two punch. Then drop back. See, I don't like Singletary. I just don't think Singletary is the pick. I think it was a pretty big miss by him to not go Edmonds over Singletary in a full-point PPR. That's the end of my argument there. To Alave, who I really like, I think could fill in very well. He filled in with Hertz and Schultz. I believe his assumption is Schultz will soak up the targets. That was part of the conversation in the cab ride. I mentioned at the outset, which was just ridiculous. I think Schultz, I think he will. I worry about the price. My worry is he's in the blob, but I guess he's the top layer of filth at the top of the blob, right? Most most marshes and most like pond, right? Most pond, and I'm avoiding using the S word. So I do get where merch is going. It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. I just, I wonder like how disparate is Schultz from Ertz or Goddard? And you could get Ertz, you know, three rounds later. That's the only where I'm going with that. To Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller, again, I'm probably a bit of a beef here because at this point, running backs are, are very strong. Henry, Fournette, I would have gone Edmonds, but he did go Singletary. So, yeah, you like him. You have to think you're getting something. 
Sutton and Waddle is strong, but we know Waddle could be limited as far as depth. He could also be limited with Tariq Hill, or possibly if Tua doesn't kind of step forward. All of these things are possible. I don't. I think they're. I think they're going to be good, but they're all in the realm realm of possibilities. Sort of after Olave not get another wide up, I think was a mistake because a bunch went off the board after that. Claypool, Ayuk, Tober, even Gallup, all guys I think he could really use. Going with Walker, who. I don't know what he's going to get next to uh, Penny. A lot of people really like Penny to be like the back on, again, a very toxic offense. I don't know if they're going to support both of these guys. So I think there's a floor for Walker to just not really make the team, the first team or whatever, to Isaiah Spiller, who I love. So like, that was the pick that I love, and I would have been banking on if I was him, but I would have filled in that green scare square with a blue one. Um, just FYI to Jacoby Myers, Johan Dotson, really like Robbie Anderson. See, those are really good wide receiver picks, and I think – maybe that's where he was going. I just don't love the RB picks that he made. Sorry, Brandon, again, the door is always open to Albert O, who was my favorite tight end, two pick and best balls. And I didn't take a second one in this league. I'm going to roll with my guy and add it because I believe the edge is had by maximizing the real estate down the skill positions because there are two flex spots at three wideouts. Again, I don't know if I'm right, but that's my working thesis, at least. To Jamie Eisenberg, go figure his team is really good. Cup, Najee Harris, Michael Pittman, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Gabe Davis, Alan Lazard, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenneth Gainwell, Alexander Madison, Cole Komet, Trey Lance, Brian Robertson, Pickens, George Pickens, 49ers, and Kirk Cousins. The board, if you've noticed, only has the first initial. I'm doing my best to not botch any of these on the fly. Uh, Eisenberg was the GOAT. Dude, if you're listening to this, it made it to the end. I know I pitched something really sharp, but yahala if you hear me. All right. Cup and Pittman, how could you go wrong there again? I think Matt Ryan's going to be awesome. And if Pittman is performed with Wentz, I think Ryan greater than signed Wentz. So I think Pittman on those indoor games especially going to be really good. And, of course, if Stafford's healthy, Cup has a ceiling of player number one. I don't like David Montgomery at all. I think this is a bit of a slip. He went with Montgomery over Brees Hall I don't really like, but also over Akers, who I do really like. So that one I think you know could go wrong. I probably agree. But we have seen what Montgomery does. Uh, my worry is the Chicago offensive line is now decimated. That team has a has a floor of like it was one win, right? They have a fl- the floor being the worst team in the league. Backed up with A.J. Dillon, I think it's a very strong pick and I think has standalone value, even a redraft as an RB2. I think we might see Aaron Jones split out wide a touch. To Gabe Davis, who I do really like, but I do th- we have to admit, he has a pretty wide range of outcomes to Alan Lazard, who I, I firmly believe right now is the thickest of the branches on the tree that will grow, like I mentioned before. But I don't know if it's the wide receiver. I'm not putting these words in Jamie's mouth, by the way. I have heard some people pushing Lazard to like the the trunk, right? He They have a Seneca replacement that I don't have. So again, not Jamie did not say that. And I do think he has a pretty viable piece as a fourth wide out. DeAndre Hopkins, I just don't know the story. And I'm really worried about the surrounding stuff right now. And maybe this is a blind spot for me because we know he's a league winner. Kenneth Gainwell, I can't get beyond. So I do like that three-pack of wide outs. You're going to get something really good there, I believe. And I think there's something to be said there. Gainwell and Madison, I'm struggling with. I don't like the Philadelphia run game. It worries me. They've shown they'll go to four guys in the same game, and the best runner is the quarterback, and he takes it around the goal line. So you can see where I'm going with that. Uh, Alexander Madison, who really is pegged as being the best backup in the league, but I've been hearing drum beats around Vikings camp that the third stringer there um, is, is actually pretty good, and you may see more from him. Then you expect, and 
man, these kind of these places can get you in trouble because I don't remember if it was a beat writer or you know, an established verified fan page, which there are, which is not necessarily legitimate journalism. This was actually on established a run the other day. I, I would have I would like to expand on that point if I if I can at some point on a separate one, but it'd be Ken A. Wangwu, uh, K-E-N-E-N-W-A-A-N-G-W-U. I got to get my hands on a pronunciation guide, you know, do my best to try and say it just out of respect. You know, I would never say somebody's name wrong. People say my name wrong all the time, and I get it happens. But, you know, trying to think, I don't get too upset. Yeah, it's really nothing you can do. If you correct somebody and they do it on purpose, that's like a different story. But if someone shows an effort, I, whatever, it, you know, it's in the it's in the intention for me. So, Jamie, doing really well. I, I'm having trouble with those. Picks. I'm not. Like, I feel very. I feel like he's very strong there. I feel like Harris Montgomery and Dylan is very strong, and he could have went with Corderell Patterson, who I think is catching balls out of the backfield as like the second or third option on the Falcons. So, you know, that's would have been where I went. Again, I, I expressed my concerns about Komet and the Bears offense. He's now heavily invested in the Bear offense. Right? He has Montgomery and Komet. He's going to need them to be good. Um, they went with Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins as a pairing, so I think that's very, very smart. I'm a Lance doubter, but I do understand the ceiling. I also like Kirk Cousins. I think he's the value quarterback to have. And I think if the plan is, well, I'm going to roll Cousins out to start, see what we have with Lance as we're Lance, see if it goes nuts, very, very sharp. And in the meantime, you might even find a replacement, Daniel Jones, guys like that, not even drafted, might go off and be really good. So I really get it. I didn't plan on drafting a QB early. I ended up doing it earlier than I thought, but we'll get to it in a second. So I think he did really good. Pickens is Stand out in Steeler camp. We don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation there, but someone's got to catch balls. I invested myself. Brian Robertson at Washington is kind of toxic right now. I don't know what's going to go on in the backfield. Remember Antonio Gibson is there, but they spent third round capital again. This came up into cab ride, the cab ride from heaven. Right? What's the opposite of the cab ride from hell? It was a cab ride from heaven. It was just awesome. Dago, you are the goat kid. That was just absolutely bananas. This guy is an encyclopedia. If you felt like I'm professorial, he is unbelievable really it was an honor to just it was phenomenal andy too man just to pick your brain what a sharp sharp guy and i could tell he was digging me because right i kind of he has andy's obviously mid bright and i talk really fast but andy has a you know he's got the processing speed for me so like me and him were like it was like two times speed we did jets backfield at the bar we did bears win lost total at the bar it was it was bananas, man. I, I hope he wants to continue it some other time. We had such a great, a really great time there. So I think uh, Jamie did really well, and I don't think he has really obvious flaws. I think it's probably tight end to start, but there's a chance commit comes out and does nothing, goes two for 31. You're going to be upset with only five points, but you'll be looking to replace him. And I get it. I think RB2 out the box could be a concern, but I think he has enough people to fill it. And then wide receiver three in the back flex, I think he's going to be pretty good. Again, if you're relying on like Madison starting pickings or Robinson, if you need to start these guys, could be Harry. I think Dylan, again, standalone player. Let's get over to Jersey Jen. She was so, so cool. What a nice person and super duper sharp. Tons of experience. She was really cool. Just really cool. Everyone, you know, I'm just a newbie and I could be kind of a J.O. sometimes because I come hot out the box. I'm not trying to be brash or arrogant or conceited i'm just doing what i do man in my backyard and partying i'm excited we all been locked in our houses like animals for two years it feels fantastic to meet friends like-minded people you know and have some fun again the alcohol's going and you know i can't say no to that stuff so jersey jen 22 great to meet you let's get into the team do it position by position let's switch it up just a bit so you don't get bored i don't know if i've ever been called boring in my life quarterback it's dak prescott Running back room, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson, 
Cordero Patterson, Mark Ingram. Love that running back room. I'm going to be completely honest. While we were drafting, I was like, I, I thought she made some boo-boos. I guess we're not done yet. This is a, a really good start. That kind of probably being undersung. Um, I think because the expectations for him to run were so firmly implanted in the narratives that now that he hasn't done that, it's been considered a bit of a disappointment. Though he's awesome and surrounded by tools. We know they throw and they have giddy up, all the things that I like to look for. So I do like to start so far. I don't really, I was drafting Antonio Gibson early on and now that I realized they did with Robinson and what McKissick is there, right? So I have a hard time with the Washington backfield. So I do have some shares. I don't want to sound like a fraud, but yeah, given McKissick and Robertson, I'm just afraid it's not going to be there. It'll be too much of a split. And they went and spent draft capital. I think it was third round on Robinson. who's not even that good of a player from what I understand. So Gibson could win out, but again, you're risking. Um, I have a beef with the wide receiver room. I think that was what rubbed me in the chair the wrong way. So it's Deontay Johnson, who I don't like in the fourth round, I probably would have taken just about anybody over there. I'd rather have Allen Robinson. I'd rather have Chris Godwin. I'd probably rather have Waddle. Also, I'd rather have Michael Thomas as well. And I think that probably speaks to the argument I said about Thomas and Godwin. If we get good news or see Thomas go, that's where they're going to slide, in my opinion. The QB situation in Pittsburgh is possibly so bad you can't have a guy if he's getting peppered. If the targets are no good, he could be trashed. They're trying to figure out a quarterback situation right now. I'm, I'm not putting a fourth-round pick that is directly related to Mitch Trubisky. I have no problem going down that ship. So let's get back into Jen's team. Then it was Hunter Renfro, of course, his worry with Devontae Adams coming in and soaking up a ton of those targets to Devontae Parker, who I mentioned and I love. I just think it's a bit too early. I'd rather have London. I'd rather have Olave in that spot. I'd rather have Burks and Sky Moore. So I think it's just a bit of a misplaced pick. Parker, there's a bit of a you know, a version from ADP, which is absolutely fine, but it is what it is. Then then to Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, Miko Harbin, Randall Cobb, Odell Beckham, really not digging the wide receiver room. So that's where I think this team is going to need to improve. I'm sure she'll have her eye on that. She's also going to have a running back in the flex spot. You know, maybe both flex spots to start. And we don't um, know exactly how Ingram is going to go. Like, it's, you know what? With the Kamara news, sounds like he's playing week one. If he's playing week one, I think Ingram's load entire and everything takes a, a huge hit where we could be getting back to regular Alvin Kamara, who's not priced as such. You know, all that game breaking ability, open field, pass catching. I mean, come on, Alvin Kamara is awesome. And we know he has a nose for the end zone. I don't care what the performance stats say. So, Jen, I think that's where there's a bit of a hole. But, you know, listen, Johnson, Renfro, and Parker are viable. She got him for week one. I think she's going to have to reinforce as she goes. And, again, Kelsey, a tight end, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not down with the price, but he easily could be it. I think he's 32 or 33. I worry about father time coming from us all. But don't forget, I've been saying that about Tom Brady for almost the better part of a decade, and I've been wrong. So, in my face, again, you know, I take the L's firmly, like, square across the face. We'll skip over me and do Lord Reeves, quarterback position, Russell Wilson, fully expect that team to be excellent this year in offense. I've struggled with where the targets are going to pan out, but I don't, you know, who knows? I think the market did us a favor. Sorry, Tim Patrick, he's hurt. I never wish injuries on anybody, but the subsequent fantasy impact is something like I have to deal with my job. You know what I'm saying? So I am very sorry, but the, again, the butterfly effect it creates is something I'm not going to ignore as bad as I feel. Though, 
I think he did get paid a couple million bucks, help that Neil feel a little bit better, right? Only thing better than an ice pack, get a pillowcase and stuff it with hundreds, put it on your knee. You'd be hopping around like Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka before you know it. <laughs> All right, man. I got to hustle up through this show. It's not to get off the rails, baby, baby. I'm going to try to get this in inside of 90. I've noticed you fantasy football heads love you do the long pod. You'll do the whole show, even if it's in pieces. I know, you know, there's just a thirst for football content. Hopefully, you're digging this. Sounds like a good time. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Five-star reviews are huge. And if I could ask for personal stuff, if you want to support me, I'm new to the team, right? I, I was going to say I'm batting ninth, but I'm the – I mean, I'm starting, and I'm not trying to demean my role, but I'm the fourth wideout pass catching running back. You know what I mean? Like I'm a draft pick and I may be on like a sleeper list, but I'm not a starter, you know? So if you want to help out and you appreciate the work, if you put me by name or you tag, take Patty on Twitter at T H E P M E, that stuff really matters. You know, it really does. Companies and sponsors see this stuff. I'm wide open with you process, networking, content creation. You know, this is what it is. And that really means a lot to me that people feel no matter how the outcomes roll out, you know, I'm a professional handicapper. I lose all the time. I give fantasy advice. Sometimes I don't win. I'll win, but I don't win all the time. So you want the process to be strong. So when the outcome doesn't happen, you have that kind of foundational strength. You know, this is the stuff I was rambling on and on about yesterday all day. So uh, Reeves, Reeves team, Barkley, he sniped me on Barkley, you son of a gun, you son of a but excellent pick. Love Barkley. Surprised he went before Jones and Mixon, but he did, and Harris. But he did expect it to happen with Sharps coming up. I put that in my athletic article. He's going to be a pick at the turn. Diggs, Higgins, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, KJ Osborne, Tyler Boyd, and Wendell Robinson. Whoa, Hachi Machi Lavarachi. Me and Reed certainly have a lot of overlap in our analysis. And I'll tell you what, a big part of me is going to be rooting for his team because if this team right here does well, my teams with cash behind them are going to do really well. We have a lot of overlap here. Though I think he might have went with the embarrassment of riches. A bit too rich for me at the wide receiver position. I, I think he could have done a stronger job for fortifying, solidifying the running back room. He also made sure to take James Robinson for me. I had an ETN before I could get him on my wraparound in the 10th round. I'm not expecting much from I me. Mean, I don't know. I, even uh, my expectations for ETN is he's not like the starter. Like I'm not saying, you know what I mean? I'm taking him because I think he's going to be on a team with a terrible defense that will spend a lot of time behind. I think he's going to get some of the early down work with all of the pass work. I also think he's the best player on the team. You know, so I think pathway will be open. Maybe get slotted out at a certain times. I just got stung because I did want to back him up. But maybe it was for the better. We're getting, we're getting to my team in a bit. Reeves, lots of talent. Chase Edmonds, who I mentioned, fantastic RB2. I think he's lucky he made it there. You know, again, it's it, skill. The game is skill game. But it was fortunate because after that, it gets kind of hairy. I know Dale was not happy the way the running backs went. God, a guy's so sharp. I wish, I wish it was my I wish it was my friend in real life. I mean, me and him just kicked it all the whole time. I sit next to him for hours. We just rocking and rolling. So Edmonds at the two, Robinson at the three. But I don't really feel like if something happened with Edmonds, you could start Robinson. I don't think he's a starter. The J.D. McKissick one also. I know he catches passes, but I think that's really it. With the third back, you know, Gibson getting half of the pass work and half of the run work. Robinson getting half of the run work. Half It's just too many, too many halfies going on. 
gone. I can't get behind the Washington running back room in redraft. So I got a, it's a hard pass for me there, dog. I think he's got two very strong running backs. And if they stay healthy, his team's going to be awesome. I don't really like the tight ends. He punted a bit far for me. He went with Njoku on the Browns over Fryermuth, over Gusecki, over Albert O, over Irv Smith. I don't know if I'm there because I think the, I guess the assumption is Deshaun Watson. I'm not know if I'm locked into that yet. And now some teams have two, one team has three. Not going to be a lot of tight ends out there. I don't know if we're going to get a breakout winning league winning tight end. I don't. I'm not a fan there. So hopefully that will be the thing that allows me to beat him. Because other than that, I think Lord Reeves did a ridiculously good job all the way through. Tyler Boyd, Wendell Robinson. These are guys with huge ceilings on you know offenses that I in. Boyd's plays a great offense, right? Again, he, I, I don't, it's not like I, I left it for him. I was hoping Boyd was going to drop. I went with Duvernay because I had Lamar Jackson, but of course he grabbed Boyd right after me. So Reeves was really a thorn in my side in this room more than once. He did a fantastic job. Let's finish it up. I'm a boy, Johnny Daigle. I know you can catch him with Amini. He's got a bunch of shows now at 4 for 4. Check him out. Not J Daigle, D-A-I-G-E-L-E. Thank you to you, Johnny, for all you extended. Really just made me feel right at home. You would have never known that I was, you know, the new guy and stand out in the green sore thumb or whatever it is. So I didn't know there was a running joke. He started last year with seven wideouts, picked it up with four this year, five out of seven without a running back. Let's do Johnny's team. Kyler Murray at the quarterback, hard to do much better than that. Waller at the tight end again. I'm sorry, got to push back there. Don't really see the difference between Waller. I have Goddard over Waller. I think they're the same. I think Renfro eats a lot of those targets, and Devontae eats a lot of those targets. I guess they could go full-on pass-out heavy, I just don't see it at the cost. So I think he's comparative to tight ends going after him, Hawkinson or Ertz. I just don't see it. So I can't get with Waller at the cost, but the wideouts are certainly very good. Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, what a start. Hollywood Brown and Mike Williams, those are a bit of a stealing play for me. I guess maybe I'm too conservative. That would probably be the answer for it. But we could certainly see where they both pop. I just think one was enough. Right, so in that spot where you could get like acres, I and I, I get it. He didn't want. I think he was hoping that AJ Dillon probably falls to him, or maybe like Dobbins falls in that back wrap, but you no, know, it didn't. So I, I think that might hurt a touch, but we'll see. You know, because the running back room starts: Tony Pollard, Michael Carter, White on Tampa Bay, right? Rashid White, Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, and Mason on San Francisco. Who I don't know who that is. So I'm not sure where the week one running back points come from. I'm not trying to say Pollard is not viable. Okay, I'm not saying that. I think I think he has standalone week one viability. I also think it ends at a back end RB2 or a, a, a solid flex. He's an RB1, you know. So, again, Daigle has – let me be very clear about this, right? Let me, let's go. Let's go full screen. John Daigle has – forgotten more about football than I may ever know. Like, let's be very clear about that. But I have to remain, you know, staunch in my belief. I'm not going to abandon it for anybody. And I think he would respect that, right? Now, he may disagree. I hope he does. And the door is open for him to it. I really got to ask him on the show. But I, I think the fact remains, all right? And this is probably another lesson that ties into the first part is, you know, don't be afraid to challenge your heroes, man. You got to. You got to. Especially in the sports space. And I think there's a... Like I mentioned with the counterpoint stuff, I think there's a thirst for countering 
for, let's put it this way, for the honest and intellectual discourse that we don't get in like the political realm or in a lot of the sports realm with stupid comebacks and snarky stuff and quote tweets and emojis. Like, no, I'm going to, if you hear me argue with these guys, I'm not going to quote, I'm not going anybody stupid. I'm just, I'm going to do it the way we're doing it now. You know, I disagree because of X, Y, Z. I would just love to get the counter because I'd love to see if on the fly I could kind of, you know, counter the counter, right? Fake the fake. He thinks about faking. That's what it's all about. Life is all about the punch and the counterpunch. Remember, be where the puck is going, not where it is. Lots of good advice in this show. Rate, review, and subscribe. But just for that one alone, press the cartoon finger, put it inside me. What? All right, let's get back into the board. I'm going to get out of here, man, before I get canceled to something. <laughs> so, Dangle, I think you did really well. You know, worry about the placement of the tight end. I think it could have been in an RB there. But you'll probably smoosh this one in my face. You know, Kadarius Tony, Josh Palmer, who I think certainly takes over that third wideout role in L.A. He finished with the Browns D, who, again, D, I think you could stream. Although I think I got the winner and I didn't get the first D. So we'll see. We will see. We will see. We will see. I think Daigle is going to have one of the strongest wide out and flex combinations. And we're going to have to beat him on running back and tight end. Unless Zeke goes down, and then uh, Johnny Daigle is going to be hard to beat. Last, but certainly least, it is my own squad. The fighting Italians. Check out the logo. I love that thing. That little Notre Dame guy, but he's wearing a pizza apron. That's <laughs> my favorite, yo. All right. Now, for me, I mentioned at the outset, I was planning on going Lamb slash Barkley. I was willing to go Lamb over Adams. Lamb over Diggs. I was willing to go Barkley over Swift, Barkley over Mixon, and Barkley over Jones. However, Swift goes four. Chase doesn't go, so I end up going Chase at 10. Lamb goes, which made me happy. I wanted a running back, and glad I did, taking Mixon at two to walk you through my first two picks. I knew I wanted a pass catching back. I've been drafting Travis Etienne almost everywhere universally in the third round when I'm at the back of it. Again, I, I play out wide. I just think he's the best player on the team. I think that defense is horrible. 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 Oh, this is so, so bad. Remember, I don't know if you, again, if you're unfamiliar, I know I'm a baseball dude, but I'm not just a baseball dude. I watched every snap of every game last year. In, uh, I swear, and with notes like that's how i do it i don't box score stuff is okay i look for outliers but i think even then you need context i love statistics i've been getting really into a lot of the pff stuff you know which again i think it's a lot of nuance and context i think they're extremely bright i think Dwayne is quite literally the king of nfl context however you know i don't mind bucking people i do it in baseball bucking people orders of magnitude smarter than myself is kind of one of my things so I just think we can overdo it with football. I don't think the sample is big enough for a lot of it. And then I think, again, something I have learned from baseball and are currently like bucking the system and being disagreed with. So, again, I just could flat out be wrong. Though, spoiler alert, the baseball stuff's looking pretty smart right now. And it's looking for underlying trajectory changes. Hey, let's do this one on the full screen. Okay. When it comes to projecting, which is forward-looking, which is predictive, okay? I don't believe in the predictivity of stats. I don't believe in that. I believe any correlation is just, it's not happenstance. It's just the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm saying he's a good player. We to, well, he did this and this and this, stats and this. And this. Yeah, he's good. You know, he's good. He's in a good context. These, Those are the things that matter. Like, I tend to go more with, and again, if you follow my baseball stuff, and you want numbers are going to be pouring out of your 
freaking knows. But with football, for me, it's continuity. It's repetition. It's the chemistry. It's the calling. It's the coaching. It's the discipline. And then the execution. Intestinal fortitude. Things you can't really quantify. Very difficult. I think it's more easily quantified through tape. Right. And again, I, I'm not a professional scout, nor do I pretend to be, though I have not only studied on it, I've worked with a coach. Right? A friend of mine is a high school coach. Shout out there, bro. Tony, I love you, man. Um, he's helped me, you know, learn because I always had such an interest that I'd be challenging him. So uh, smart people in the industry, you know, look to guys like myself. To, what do I see? And then it's like, wow, they have this kind of analytical add to it. And you learn to just look for some of the important things. Now, granted, hat tip to PFF, and I told Ian this exactly, that the most the double chef, the chef kiss of chef kisses, that big-time throw and turnover-worthy plays that they do are phenomenal because that's what you're looking for. Now, they put a term to it, right, hat tip courtesy to them. That belongs to them. But awesome throws and screwing up don't belong to them. That's what we're looking for, and you want that. But right? so if a quarterback's throwing picks that get dropped, be careful of that. And now where I was going to circle back with the trajectory stuff is underpinning is what matters to me. I don't look to statistics to change the future, to predict the future, especially when we had a shift in the underpinnings that could change a trajectory. So in football, that's QB change, even line shifts, coaching shifts. We've had a lot of offensive coordinator shifts. I can't look backwards when we have a new boss in town, because it's like a restaurant, you know what I mean? That's the whole thing. It's not baseball is very individualized. This pitcher throws this, this hitter is good at hitting this. We can almost try and piece it together on a more granular level. Football is the whole soup is put together. It's not even the soup. It's a soup that's in a business that's got a market and business plan. You know, it's a whole restaurant and a new boss is everything. The menu changes, the light change, the food change, the cooks change. If you change the sign on the front, you change the management, you change the chef, you change the bar menu, the cocktail menu, the whiskeys behind the bar, the draft beer. It's not the same restaurant. Why would you look at last year's sales, last year's anything? Who cares? So that's kind of how I feel about projecting NFL stats in a nutshell, you know, in eight and a half million words or less. I know it's a bit circuitous. I could run on sometimes, but I really do hope this stuff kind of sticks. All right. I'm going to try and keep this on the 90. We're doing pretty good to do just that. Let's finish up with my team, the very best in the league easily. Now let's go position by position after I did the top. So at the helm, it's Law Lamar Jackson. It's Lawrence Jackson. Hey, man, if I'm going to have another LJ, you give me Lawrence Jackson any day, baby, to back up my other LJ. I know he's a big uh, Lamar Jackson backer as well. And I'm fully in line with my boy, Lord Don't Lose, on this one. I think Lamar has really been – he's been the focus of some unfair criticisms. I think we've seen the best passer of his career last year. And with the step forward there and that connection to Andrews that I think Bateman is the next one with Duverday on the back. I'm going to self-apologize for my future picks here. But that was what I thought going in. So I really like the connection. Let's get into the picks. Love Lamar this year. He has a chance to me to beat QB1. We'll run right there with Josh Allen. I mean it. He has a nose for the end zone. He could do the 100 yards in a game with the score. Two simultaneous stat lines. Again, something when I mentioned this uh, specialty positions, tight end, and how there really is a head to the body. What I mean is there's a neck in between that gap. Lamar, I think, is part of the head, and he could be the hair, you know, the very tippy top of it. So as much as I like, you know, I I had Chase and Mixon with the ability to get Burrow, and I had to make a decision. Let's do it how I went through it, everybody. Okay, so at this point, sorry, I shifted away from the position thing, but I got a couple minutes. Chase, Mixon, Etienne, like I mentioned, 
wanted wide out. My guys were gone. I ended up with Terry McLaurin because all the wide, the big time wideouts I was looking at have gone. There's a bit of a run in the third. I was hoping for Sutton or Pittman. They did not go. Jamie, of course, you know, doing his thing with my roster as he did the entire day. Took Michael Pittman for me. I'm not tremendous on Brown and Mike Williams, like I said, DJ Moore, even him, I worry about the quarterback play. So, I mean, it's not like I have it much better in Washington. But Wentz did support Pittman, and I think McLaurin is better than Pittman. I think McLaurin is one of the undersung great receivers. I think he really suffered from bad quarterback play. Again, right, using underpinning stuff to project. I'm not really worried about McLaurin's play. I'm watching him. He's awesome. I need a quarterback to try to get a ball. So, like I, again, you change quarterbacks, you change wide receiver, you change the future. That's me. If I'm making it too simple or making it too stupid, get up in the comments. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. And if you like it, get up in the comments. Let us know what we're doing right. So I went with F1 at McLaurin to Lamar Jackson. I was not planning on taking a quarterback. However, looking at Jackson and Kyler Murray, they were the last two runners on the board, the last two pieces of the head. And after that, you got to punt. Now, I know I had Chase and I had Mixon. But I thought I don't really – I'm not – listen, stacking works. Stacking is awesome. Cincinnati's a team to do it with. I think Joe Burrow does not run enough for me. I think he's coming off like a career year that would be very hard to repeat, just from like a regression standpoint. Yes, I just talked about underpinning stuff, which is all in place. I talked about chemistry and continuity, which is all in place. I expect them to be very good. The thing is, they weren't just very good. They were otherworldly, ridiculously, insanely good. So even they could take a step back and still be great. And I think that's what I mean. Where Lamar, I think it's in front of him. Again, that running floor is everything in week to week for me. It's everything. To pencil him in, 65 yards easy. It just feels like an easy run. His prop, his rush prop, every week's going to be 50 yards, I feel like. So sometimes you could look to the books to uh, answer fantasy questions. So I pivoted away from Chase, kept an eye on the board, and thought, if I go Lamar Jackson, I love Rashad Bateman this year. Usage monster, the training camp reports the huge, again, connection, continuity. He was banged up. We saw him look really good and even have one of those big-time kind of volume games. You know, that's a, that's a great place to look. I'm, I'm not, I forget who said it. It's in the baseball space, but it does apply to fantasy football. And it's once you show a skill, you own it. So I'm not the type to say he did it. He can't do it. So, you know, two times in four weeks at the end of the year last year, he went for seven, and against Cleveland, it was for over 100. You know, we saw six for 80 against Miami. So we saw flashes of volume, but injuries just kind of got in the way. You know, and that that will derail you. And then if Jackson's not playing, it's a wrap. Okay, so both of them healthy. I'm loving that connection. I sniffed out the mini stack and thought, wow, now on – sorry about that. Now now I thought and on any given week I could run out. I have a mini Spangle exposure, Chase and Mixon, almost all the points there, right, either through the air hopefully or on the ground. And I'm also running a simultaneous Ravens mini stack, Lamar to Bateman, where if Bateman goes off, it's the double. Lamar could go off. On his own, Bateman probably has a floor as a viable player. So I was hoping that this all works together. And again, if you look at my team, notice the rainbow in the first seven picks. I have three wideouts, two running backs, a, a runner, and a quarterback. A quarterback and a tight end. I'm sorry, excuse me. 
because it's a deep league. I want I want top starters at every position. I don't want to be fishing. I have to compete in fab leagues with short people. You know, give me the gusto out the box. You know, I, I, it sounds maybe oversimplified, but give me the bowler. Give me the top at the position. You know, Chase has a potential to be wide receiver one. LaCorn uh, certainly is uh, in a position to be a, a wide receiver one. I think it's closer to the back end, but I think uh, 10 to 12 is in the range of outcomes, certainly. Bateman, again, I mentioned, I think is a, he could be a two. See, now that I think I have two ones, I think I just have to bump everyone up. Let's finish the wide receiver room now and try and be a little, have a little more continuity myself. I went Bateman to chase Claypool. I know, toxic Pittsburgh environment, but but here was the thought was, Trubisky is a slot guy. He looks like he's going to get the nod out the box. That's going to be the matchup he's looking to, in my opinion. I think you're going to see him throw it to Deontay. Those are going to be low-quality targets, and I'm going to be looking for the high-probability throws to Chase Claypool as a floor player to Jalen Tolbert. So again, remember, it's Chase McLaurin and Bateman. I'm hoping they fill out all three spots. I know for a fact I have two every week starters. I tend to think Bateman is an every week starter, but if not, I'm hoping the rest of the guys fill in. And I think I've got targets. I think I have opportunity. I think I have health. I think I have context. You let me know if you agree. Jalen Tolbert for Dallas. They have a We have a monster sucking sound. <laughs> That's the target void there, right? A huge branch. So the Dallas had a tree, which was like a park tree, and a huge chunk of it fell off. It's going to have another branch growing its place, and that's going to have the name Tolbert on it. Now, they might bring somebody in, but I think it'll be a field stretcher to fill James Washington. So like, even if it's, I guess, Will Fuller could be a bit more, so he could be a bit problematic. But he hasn't played. We don't know his health situation. I'm not ready to go there. I think if Dallas brings somebody, it could be, it could be Deshaun Jackson. Don't be worried about that. Tolbert has a chance, and he's lighting up camp to be a target hog. We're playing for upside. We're trying to beat experts here. Dallas offense, lots of throwing, all the giddy up right again. So I'm checking all the boxes here for all the smack that I talk to DJ Chark. We've heard glowing reports from him as well. He's set to be lined up as the why, right, on the Lions, we've heard some good things about him. We're expecting a little more growth on the offense. They bulked up the offensive line. I don't really like Goff, but I think Chark, again, is in line to be maybe a matchup play if we see something from him. I'm looking to not probably start him out the box. You may have to. It's a deep league. To Devin Duvernay, who I have on all my Bengal Stacks teams, right, just in case you lose Bateman, Duvernay, really high praise coming from there. And we saw a bit – Last year as well. It's a lot of low volume stuff, but we had, we know we saw him top out of four grabs, which is not great. But as the fourth wide receiver, it's not nothing. Again, we'll probably need some kind of injury, but those pathways are certainly always open in professional football. Unfortunately, again, we never like to put it on people. Now, there are depth charts that have. Duvernay listed as the two, but James Prochet's out there. Again, I'm not trying to project it on him, but I do think Duvernay has a chance. To be the two on Baltimore, we got him at the very end of a draft. And if it busts, it's easy to cut that kind of draft capital. After that, Marvin Jones. Again, I mentioned the elite usage chart. He's one of 23 players in the league, the league of the national footballs, that had a 25, 20, and 10 triple slash air target A dot. And you're getting him all the way at the end of drafts. If Jacksonville takes that half step forward, again, they're going to be behind a lot. Marvin Jones could be something. I mean, it's funny. He's a perfect example of like the boring veteran 
No, he's not a wide receiver one. No. This is a three wide receiver two flex league. So he, yes, he's a wide receiver five as maybe the top target. Okay, let's let's take a look. Okay, so he had eight catches once. He had seven catches twice. He had six catches three times. He had touchdowns in four different games. I mean, there are plenty, there are plenty of viable games here. 577 1, 655 and 1. 7 101. That's a wide receiver one week right there. 788 and 1. Back end wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two weeks. They're in there. 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 There are teams on this board starting far inferior players from a usage standpoint this late in the draft. I absolutely loved this pick. Give me Marvin Jones to wrap up my wide receiver room. I have Dallas Goddard at the tight end. I believe he's Jalen Hurts' favorite target. His usage also through the roof. They got the vote of confidence, of course. Excuse me. The vote of confidence when they shipped Ertz. We were waiting for, like, the unleashing. And at the end of the year, it was straight up tight end one. How six for 105 and two? It was the Jets. Backed it up with a seven for 135. How's that sound? Two weeks later, six for 71. How about the last week of the year? Six for 92. These are unusual tight end stats. So for me, Dallas Goddard, greater than sign. I'm sorry, all these guys, greater than sign. Schultz, greater than sign. Hawkinson. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he is a perfect compliment that hurts and the type of game that hurts plays. He's going to be breaking down defenses. We know he moves. We know he throws on the run. Goddard is a nightmare as far as matchups goes. A little bit of wheels for the big dude. And I think we're in line for more of that high volume, short to mid range. And he's going to sniff the end zone from time to time. Lamar Jackson at the helm, Joe Mixon, ETN, James Cook, TDP, that's Tyrion Davis-Price, and Isaiah Pacheco in the running back room. I mean, listen, I'm really backing up everything I've said, practicing what I preach. I have straight-up starters week one, Joe Mixon and Etienne, no doubt about that. I've got upside with pass-catching backs in James Cook. Yes, they have not thrown to running backs thus far, but it's because I believe the running back has not been good enough. Josh Allen is better than the guys they've had. He's not going to drop down in quality of ball carrier to shift it and take the risk of turnover. Remember that. When you look at James Cook two or three years, yards downfield, he's a better player with the ball in his hands than Josh Allen. Think about how good that is. There is a chance. Buffalo goes into full, straight-up pass mode. Nobody throws more than Buffalo, up, down, left, right, and in between. And it could be Cooks, like, doing the Alvin Kamara. There's an upside for breakout here that no one is really having the guts to talk about, which is RB1 in PPR. In PPR. Only in full-point PPR, but in full-point PPR. There is a chance he is an RB2 easy, an RB1 with a breakout. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, I think we see a little bit more of this. Josh Allen again, hard to break down. He's hard to take down with the breakdown. Shake down. You busted. And listen, he is doing it every single play. And I think James Cook could really thrive on that. To Davis Price, who again, low draft capital cost, great environment. I don't think he's better than or going to supplant anybody. I'm just hoping. Reports have been good. I'm going to hope for 
in injury, you know, hope for injury, hope he's on my bench and an opportunity presents itself. Let's put it that it could be suspension. I don't want anyone to get hurt or be suspended, but such was life. I do want the opportunity. He's not going to lie about that. But I would have drafted him if I didn't. So TDP. And then, you know, probably my favorite sleeper on the entire board in all these leagues. I'm drafting him everywhere I can get him is Isaiah Pacheco. We've heard it started with one drum tap, tap. Then it was tap, tap, tap. Now it's what are we waiting for? With drum beats? Listen, it's not a it's not a great running back room. The fresh pants of Hilaire has been replaced before. Not really impressive. He looks like a quad A guy. You know, Ronald Jones can't catch the football. He's gonna be good. He'll get his work between the tackles. Okay, it's not like Isaiah Pacheco, 100 percent snapshot. It's not what we're saying. However, we have seen the Chiefs go to no-name backs when they succeed. In Andy Reid's system, if that is what happens here, and you get the Chiefs running back at the end of the draft, things go right with James Cook. Uh, this is the winning team. So I hope that was good <laughs> for a baseball guy. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're right at that 90 minutes points. So let's get out of here. Rate, review, and subscribe. All that good stuff. You know, I appreciate you. Thanks for picking up. We're putting down. I hope you like the show. Go back into fantasy football picks and bets playlist. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button on all of them. I had Ian Harditz on. I had Chris Meany on. I did a best ball stream and all evergreen, right? That I really like that. You know, the daily baseball show I do, it just dies in the vine. These shows you can really sit and digest. I think Ian and I in particular, you know, I'm I'm a good student. I think I am. I was really, I asked him a ton of questions and if it gets for me rambling the first five minutes, I think that show was as good as it gets. So, all right, everybody hit up Patty. Let me know how, let him know how we're doing. I appreciate you spending your time with us. The best I could ask for. Enjoy what's left of your weekend. This should be out Monday as you're hearing it. Get at me on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG, or you can just type in John Lagaza, L A G H E Z Z A, NFL, MLB Moving Averages. I'm M everywhere at The Athletic, at Mayo Media Net, and just absolutely everywhere, man. Check it out. I'll get you soon. Remember when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, don't it? Damn right, yo. Peace.